When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mr. Bennett, I'm trying to get a page on here. Yeah, what are you trying to do over there? Well, okay. You got the very intense face before you hit the button, so... I can't do it. No. So you can take us out. I got it. So what's wrong with the Timberwolves last night, Myron? They look good. I mean, they lost by one to a Brooklyn Nets team that wasn't even 100%. They, they got pushed around. Uh, to me, they're a good, they're a really good team, really good offensive team. But, like, Jimmy Butler is so critical for what they do defensively, and and, and he, he just needs help. Like, yeah. I, think, I think they're to the point now, I don't think they're complacent as much as it's He's so good and he's been so good. It's kind of like pass him the cape mm-hmm. and, and and he'll save the day. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's a really dangerous attitude for any team, but especially a team with all these young guys. I mean, Brooklyn's a team that that's the kind of team that they should beat by double digits in the situation they're in. If they're, if they're legitimately a, a team that can win a playoff series and they just didn't have him. I mean, Wiggins, there were a lot of plays late. He didn't have make Carl Towns. Defensively, continues to struggle. Tyus Jones had a great game, um, but I just think they're going to be in trouble in the playoffs if they rely so much on Jimmy Butler, especially on the defensive end. By the time I clicked over to it, all I got was the post game, and I saw uh, the coach talking. Yeah, and uh, he amuses me. Yeah, uh, as a. Uh, uh, as a sulking Hulk, who uh, he reminds me of Belichick. Yeah, that's that, a good comparison. That he's uh, uh, monotone, uh, doesn't give you much, and uh, I, I don't know what to make of him. I don't know what to make of him. I, I think his reputation is he's a, he's a pretty stern coach. I mean, a lot of people in Chicago thought that that was kind of his issue. Like he didn't have that kind of warm personality they wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's why Jimmy Butler helps him so much. He has kind of that that sort of hard, hardened exterior, mm-hmm. um, and Butler kind of is the guy that allows him to coach that way and well, not Butler be viewed as too happy. tough. Oh, I think he's in his Thibodeau. I, is that his name, Thibodeau? Yeah, I think it's he doesn't seem happy at all about anything. Yeah, I I think he, I think that's his personality. But I think he's happy, much happier with Gibson and Butler. On the roster, he's just trying to get some of those other young guys to get what they have and get some of that toughness. In the game last night, the Nets were literally pushing them around. I mean, at one point, Quincy Ac is throwing elbows and knocking guys to the ground, and they kind of got punked a little bit. Because mm-hmm. again, 
Jimmy Butler hides a lot of their weaknesses, mm-hmm. and he makes them look tougher than they really are. Okay. And I just felt like yesterday was a game where they're kind of struggling, and they're just kind of going, well, Jimmy will save us. And he couldn't. Mm-hmm. And, and if they think they're going to win a playoff series like that, they got another thing coming. I wonder if they got to Boston. I wonder if they went last night. Good question. Uh, because the uh, bomb cyclone is hitting the East Coast. I think the Bruins game has already been canceled tomorrow night. They're canceling and, everything. And and Timberwolves are supposed to play the Celtics tomorrow yep. night. Do we know if that's been canceled? Not to my knowledge. I mean, it would make sense for them to get there last night. Yeah, because um, the airports were closed Everything. Today. They're shutting down there. It's a foot of snow or something's coming. Yeah, is that what they're if, saying? If that, but Dave Dahl just alluded to the fact that it's 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 lessening now and maybe moving offshore. So maybe they'll be spared. What's lesser than a bomb cyclone? What do we what do we call <laughs> no. it? A small a hand, bomb? A grenade, hand grenade, grenade cyclone. Cyclone. A hand grenade syndrome. Yeah. You all see the Washington Post uh piece? No. What? Dear Northerners, please uh shut up about you know how well you handle yeah. the cold weather. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dear Northern like here's my thing. It goes both ways. Like, I understand the whole you get upset that people who deal with this weather kind of brag about how easy it is and how much trouble you're having. At the same time, you see some of these guys trying to prepare for snow, and they shut down life. Yeah. They shut down. I took off from a, in a blizzard from MSP. Like, it was like blizzard conditions. We took off in a flight. <laughs> these guys can't move. Mm-hmm. A couple inches of snow. They're paralyzed. I mean, literally everything. I got friends on Facebook who are tweet who are, who are putting out pictures of snow and saying can't do anything today stuck inside well you get far enough down savannah charleston tallahassee they don't have any equipment they don't have snow plows yeah shouldn't somebody have a couple maybe you should keep two or three yeah like shouldn't you have shouldn't somebody In have a little bit of works, salt pole building yeah there should be uh 12 buy shovels i come up here and buy our used ones bingo yeah right Right. Why wouldn't you have a couple? I don't understand why you don't have a couple of them. Bad planning. At least salt. They don't have salt. Do you think anybody in the state of Florida owns a snowblower? No. You wouldn't really need to. Because even the stuff that fell fell in Tallahassee, that'll be gone tomorrow or the next day. But do you know how much money you'd make if you had one and you rented it out? Yeah. If you're you're the guy who bought one? So you're saying Fratelloni wouldn't make a buck at a store in Tallahassee? Hey, I I think I just had a million dollars. That's a great idea. Become a snowplower broker in the South. You're going to be the middleman. Yeah. You need a plow? I'll get you a plow. Use I can get you a plow by three o'clock. That's. Or how about a mobile, like a mobile, uh, you have a bunch of um, snow throwers on your truck yeah. and you would just travel. Bingo. You wouldn't be able to use them every week. No. But when you need them, they would be they were at there. a premium. They would be at a premium. Perfect. Because they pay top dollar right now to get to them. Heck yes. Well. They don't have anything. Uh,. The Wilder at home tonight, that game's not at all threatened. They're here, so they're playing. Uh, who are they playing tonight? Uh, Sabres, and they're horrible. Buffalo. Yeah, they're yeah. horrible. At the bottom, at the bottom of the uh, standings, I think. Right? They got the Eichel, though. Isn't Eichel supposed to be a world beater? We don't want to stumble into we don't know anything again. So we're going to be No, just, I know that it's Buffalo. Buffalo's it's Buffalo. bad. It's Buffalo yeah. and they're bad. Yeah, yeah they are bad. But it, and it's the first game in the wild to be healthy, 100%. Yeah. Right? It's the first. So who sits out? You got Niederreiter back, Parisi's back. I wonder who sits. I don't know. But they'll win either way. I mean, this is not a should be an easy win, you would think. Well, this is the stretch that they have to win. Yeah. Uh, tell us who's coming up to join us. Caleb Truax, a local boxer at Osseo, Minnesota, who just went over to fight James DeGaulle and won a world uh, super middleweight championship and a huge, huge, huge upset. And where was that fight? Uh, they fought in England. Oh, yeah. So, you know, it was he was kind of the guy who was brought in to 
just be an in-between tune-up guy for this James DeGaulle guy who's a big-time mm-hmm. fighter. And uh, Caleb put hey, a whooping him. on him. Beat wow. him. Beat him very – beat him badly and won the decision. And now he set, him up, set himself up for a really big fight. And what he wants to do, and we'll talk to him about it, is he wants to bring a title fight here. All right, he's joining us next. Got him hurt back. Yeah. Now he's worried. You cut it. You hurt it. You see? You see? He's not a machine. He's a man. Back on the show, we have uh, a special guest. He hails from Osseo, Minnesota. I bet he's never heard this song before. No, either. no. <laughs> hails from Osseo, Minnesota. Uh, played a couple sports there, football. Got into boxing. Just went overseas a couple weeks ago to London and fought a guy, James DeGaulle, who who was the 2008 gold medal winner in, in those Olympics. Guy who had one previous loss. Uh, Caleb Truex was brought in basically as a tune-up guy. And he won. So introducing the IBF super middleweight champion of the entire world, Caleb Truex. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. What's going on? Good, good. Let me just tell you something, man. So, you know, I'm a big boxing fan. Caleb is a friend of mine. We have fight parties, and I go over his place. And well, you're, you're basically guys taking his credit for his success. Well, is that what it I, is, Myron? I, I, I did give him a couple tips before the fight, didn't I, Caleb? Yeah, you did, man. You did. Yeah, I said work the jab. And, but... I was watching it, and I was just stunned by how you overwhelmed a guy on his home turf in London. It, it just seemed so confident. Like, where did that come from, man? Man, I, I approached that fight like it was the last big opportunity I would ever have. You know, I, I fought once for the title and came up short in 2015, and, and most guys, you know, don't get one shot at a title and, and uh, even less get, get two shots at a title. And so I approached it like it was the last big shot I was ever going to uh, get. And I just went over there with confidence. My my coach, uh, Tom Hall, said drew up a, a great game plan. And my team, uh, just we, they were 100% confident in me. I was I was confident in myself. And uh, everything just worked, man. It just clicked. And, and I negated pretty much everything he was able to do. And, and everything that I tried to do or had a plan on doing uh, before the fight just worked. You you don't seem like the kind of guy who is rattled easily, but he said no, some no. things before the fight uh, about looking ahead to his next opponent and planning his future fights. I mean, he looked he looked past you, and it seemed like that upset you. I mean, did that contribute to kind of the energy you brought into the fight? Yeah, it, uh, it definitely uh, gave me some uh, uh, bulletin board material, as they say, and and uh, fueled my fire a little bit. And you know, I'm. Uh, you know, th- there's always trash talk in, in press conferences and, and weigh-ins and stare-downs and stuff like that, which is fine. That doesn't upset me because I do it as well, you know. But uh, he really upset me when he was he was just really dismissive, you know, like not even thinking about me, basically. He was talking about who he's going to fight next and how much money he's going to make in 2018. And, and even at the press conference, him and his promoter over there, Frank Warner, are talking about who he wants to match up with next. I'm looking down the table, I'm like, man, you got to fight in three days with me. You better worry about me instead of, <laughs> instead of who you want to fight next. And, uh, yeah, he definitely he definitely overlooked me, and, and it came back to bite him. Does that Now, that delays his payday. What's it do for you? Uh, well, right now they're talking about uh, a rematch with, with uh, J- 
James DeGale in uh, in the uh, spring, hopefully the end of March or start of April. And and I thought uh, I thought I was going to end up having to go back to England to to uh, for a rematch, but it sounds like they they might try to do it here in Minnesota, which would be huge, and and it'd be on Showtime, I believe. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm waiting to get word, and and uh, hopefully I'll find out in about the next week or two. But uh, yeah, it's safe to say I'll be making a lot more money this time than I did when I went over there. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead. No, no I'm just gonna say yeah. Well, I was gonna say go he, cash he, in. Caleb, you ever heard the show before? <laughs> Yeah, I have definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was rookie. Just blurted it out. Yeah. What's up, so bro? You want to go? Bring it over. Let's go, bro. Don't pay Come any on. attention to him. You got a left-handed Polish guy right here. One-two punch. Uh, Caleb, the fight's got to be here. It should be. Here. You're in the driver's seat now. Yeah. Oh, the reason why I thought it'd have to be back there is is because the market over there is so strong. Um, you know, boxing is one of their major sports, so I figured that uh, um, you know the pay would be a lot more over there but uh it sounds like showtime wants to do the fight um and hopefully here in minneapolis so that would that'd be huge at, at at uh here at home and and that was one of my goals when i first started boxing is to to bring a championship fight here to minneapolis what, and what, uh hopefully hopefully we're able to make it happen was the last one uh ali versus uh uh what's the guy's name no, uh, uh, the last what the last big fight the here big, yeah, the last been Ledoux and Norton, Ledoux, maybe Norton. Norton. Okay, yeah. Norton. yeah. So I mean, it, that could be a special moment, man. If you if you brought the yeah, fight back, and, and I think even, you would pack the that, house. That, that wasn't uh, that wasn't even a championship fight. That was a uh, uh, there might have been some some title on the line. I think Will Grigsby uh, from St. Paul had yeah. a championship fight here at the at the um, uh, the. Uh, uh, not Williams Arena, but uh, the Pavilion, I think. Yeah. Uh, back in the day with Don King, and and there's only been there's only been four legitimate title holders in Minnesota history. It's been me, Will Grigsby, in like uh, 1999, 2000, and then uh, a couple guys, Michael Dowd and Johnny Earl, back in like the 1915 or 1920, something like that. So I always wonder about the belt. Um, I, like I know there's like sort of a replica belt that I think you kind of have. Like when you're there, but they, do they give you like your own? How does it work? Like, where's the belt? Do you have the official belt now in your possession? Yeah, I have it now. It's kind of a funny story. So um, each fighter gets the belt. You get to keep it forever. You know, now uh-huh. I have that one. I'll be able to keep it forever. And um, so when when I fought Dickie Hill in England, he brought his belt to the uh, to the um, to the fight, and he carries it out, you know, and, and shows it off or whatever. And uh, so after the after the fight, after the decision's done. The, the IBF coordinator, Eddie Cotton, gives it to me. Uh, you know, this is your belt. You won, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and so I'm taking pictures with it in the ring. And he comes up to me after about five minutes, and he's like, all right, we got to take that belt and, and give it back to the Gale. It's his. I'm like, what are you talking about? I just won. <laughs> I'm not I'm giving up my belt. You, this is my belt, man. You can't have that. Um, but, yeah, they, they mailed it out. Uh, they mailed me out my own uh, a week uh, week later. So I got it, and uh, I get to keep it forever. That's cool that you you get to keep it. I didn't know that, man. That you get to keep it forever. If you get a chance uh, to to fight here, and I don't know if you'd mm-hmm. fight. I don't know if it'd be Target Center or wherever. First off, I want to make sure you let me walk out with you because I've always wanted to do that. That's always been a dream of mine. Why in the hell would let he me let carry you walk some, out? With I'll him. carry something, hey, buddy. I'll carry something. Part I mean, of the posse. Yeah, I want to be in the posse behind you. <laughs> that Showtime catches me walking behind you, and I have a mean face on, like I'm a boxer too. I want to be able to do that. But for you, I just a, want to be a ring boy. So let me know. I don't know if they do that. No, but I don't, you know, they show don't the ring. They, don't, they no, want they're, ring girls. They're, they're, okay, gotcha. I don't know how far we've come in boxing yet. But. <laughs> I don't think we're there. But I, what would it be like for you as a guy who has fought everywhere? 
been overseas. You fought everywhere from casinos to big time arenas, but like having a fight like that at home, what would that mean to you? It'd be, uh, like I said, that was one of my original goals. I've had some big fights, like some ESPN fights here at the Target Center, at the Convention Center, um, but nothing nothing that would be this huge. You know, I, I imagine we get a ton of attention uh, nationally and internationally now that I have a big following in, in London, and, and uh, the guy I'd be fighting is from London. So it would be huge, man. It would be uh, uh, great to fight in front of all my fans that have been so loyal and my family, friends, and it, uh, it's something that I really, really hope can uh, can be made. Uh, and I don't have to go all the way back over to England. <laughs> Caleb, how old are you now? I'm 34. How's your health? Uh, you know, I'm I'm doing real well. I, uh, for a sport that's as tough as boxing, I've I've been pretty fortunate where I haven't had too many injuries. Um, you know, a few few broken bones here and there, but uh, nothing serious. And I uh, I started late. I didn't start till I was 19 years old, so I didn't don't have a lot of the wear and tear that a lot of the guys have on who have been fighting for. You know, for however many more years, they, a lot of the guys that I fight with have been boxing since they are, you know, eight years old, and they had you know hundreds of amateur fights. Where I only had like thirty amateur fights or thirty-five amateur fights, and now thirty-something pro fights. So I don't have a lot of mileage on the on the uh, odometer. But at the same time, I'm getting old, man. I <laughs> I'm uh, it's not not coming as easy as I used to. I can't lose the weight like I used to, and and. Uh, a uh, little bit sore when I wake up in the morning after tough workouts, whereas before I could just keep on keep on rolling. You think boxing is going to regain the heyday of uh, say thirty years ago? Um, I don't know if we'll ever get back to where what it was there, just because um, it didn't have as much competition back then with the NFL just you know not being as big. But um, it's definitely 2017 was an awesome year uh, for boxing. Uh, there were some great matchups, and there's some already some good ones on the books for 2018 and. And uh, my advisor, um, Al Heyman, he and Premier Boxing, they, they're doing big things with fights on free TV like Fox and NBC and stuff like that. So that's always good to get uh, you know more casual people watching where they don't have to pay for it on Showtime or Pay-Per-View or HBO. So um, I, think it's, I think it's definitely going the right direction. For people who don't know, Al Heyman is the boxing guru uh, of the current landscape. I mean, he, he, he's the guy connected – to Mayweather, drove Mayweather's career. I mean, if there's a big fighter right now, Al Heyman is connected to him. So that's a that's obviously a huge deal. Speaking of Floyd Mayweather, did the Floyd Mayweather Conor McGregor fight help or hurt the game? Do you think boxing? Um, I don't. You know, a lot a lot of people going into that fight were were saying it was a sideshow, which I thought it was. I mean, it was a joke that that they were even able to get a sanction, but uh, uh, they're saying that it was going to hurt the sport, and I, and I don't think. I don't think it hurt it at all. I mean, there was, I think the the numbers just came out. There was like 4.3 million pay-per-view wise. And it was a huge spectacle, even though it was kind of a foregone conclusion who was going to win in my mind and anybody that knows boxing's mind. But, uh, um, no, I mean, you, every, anytime you get all those, those viewers and all that attention to a sport, it can't hurt. You know, it wasn't negative attention or anything like that. It was, it was just, uh, uh, it was on all front page news for months, you know? So it, I don't think there's any way it could have hurt the sport. I agree, man. Hey, definitely want to thank you for your time, man. Really appreciate it, as always. The champion, Caleb Truax. We'll be back after this. Here's John Height. 
Thank you, Joe. We are at one above zero in the Twin Cities. Gophers, Big Ten win over Illinois last night, 77-67. The Gophers now 13-3 on the season, 2-1 in the Big Ten. Gophers will play Indiana on Saturday. Wild at home tonight, they are playing Buffalo at the Excel Energy Center. News notes from today, preliminary data show 2017 was the third least deadly year on Minnesota roads since 1924. According to the State Department of Public... No, since 1943... And then 1926, which, which is what I read. You might have a different account. Well, uh, the, it represented the lowest total since 43 yep. and 26. Wow. Yeah. So uh, I find two, that amazing. I don't know why that's not a front-page yeah, story. Yeah. I think huh. it was today. Wasn't John, it? I really screwed you up, didn't I? I think it was. Wasn't on, it what, on what site? On the Star Tribune. I found it on B3 of the Metro. Oh, perhaps that's where I saw it, too, then. Mm-hmm. Never mind. Uh, the state has kept an official. We t- can't even get that right. <laughs> Man, what the I, hell I, are you guys even talking about? Hey, Kenny, the traffic deaths in Minnesota for 2017 were the lowest or the fewest since 1943. Well, we'll change that this year. Don't yeah. worry. You know what's? Well, depre- I'm not looking to change. Right. Turn things around here right away. What's depressing about that whole thing right there? I brought that story in specifically for the traffic guy. He doesn't and he, care, does and he? he just said, "What the hell are you guys talking about?" Yeah. <laughs> kind of PO'd it uh, at uh, the crew here that guaranteed me a uh, victory last night for our Timberwolves. I'm looking oh, at one. How much you put down? Yeah. Looking at another knucklehead over here with yeah. his mouth agape, and I already rode Manny's ass for about ten minutes. <laughs> did, did you parlay you, that with the over? Is these that dumbbells you promised a me a victory. Now, if I was the gambling type, yeah. you guys would be missing a knee right now. Yeah, yeah. Frankie the Fish would make a visit. Wouldn't <laughs> what the hell? How do they go in there and lose that? The, we were just talking about it earlier. I, I think they're in a mode where they're just waiting for Butler to save the day in those situations. I mean, that's how they played the entire fourth quarter. Well, was, didn't he have the last shot? He, he did. And it didn't go in. It didn't go in, but yeah. they were playing as if he'll find a way to bail find that's, that's no way to. That's not, uh, come on, guys. They're not good enough to do that. It's kind of like Kenny during the 3.30 to 4 half hour. Yeah. He's kind of waiting on, you know, Johnny Hyde or Joe <laughs> or Reavers to kind of come through and make it uh, entertaining. What I'm waiting on is the clock for this to be over with. <laughs> Same goes, with my, same goes with my career, by the way. God, can it just be over, please? I feel sorry for everybody who comes in here, like Myron. And they got to think, what the hell is wrong with you people? What a dysfunctional group of people. I love it. Uh, speaking of traffic, one woman arrested after leading police on a car chase through South Minneapolis early this afternoon. A Minneapolis police spokesperson said officers began to chase a stolen vehicle at Chicago Avenue South and East 35th Street at about 1.15. Holy crap, that's almost my hood. Uh, during the chase, both parked and moving vehicles were damaged. The chase ended in a crash where Hennepin and Lindale Avenues intersect at I-94 in the Lowry Hill neighborhood. A woman taken into custody on warrants. A male passenger in the car was not. Arrested. A story, uh, Joe, I know you love the post office, as do I. Oh, I so, just live for it. Yeah, yeah, you're going to hate this story. Then. Oh. Sorry. A Polk County mailman yeah. has pleaded guilty to a count of second-degree burglary in connection to an incident on his postal route in February. No. 22-year-old Brian Lewis George Chapman entered the amended plea as part of a plea agreement today. He had pleaded not guilty to that count and... Account of bestiality in March. Ooh, what? Took, okay. on the, took on the neighbor dog? Or? Well, that's you're exactly correct. Oh, there, yeah. no. Uh, Chapman had been caught on garage surveillance fo- uh, footage engaging uh, in an act with a dog. A mailman? Oh, uh, his postal route. How is the dog? In no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no. It's still over. Careful. Polk County, Minnesota? 
That's correct. Pennington Pine, was, Pipestone, Polk, and Pope are your P counties. Was the um, was the mailman Wait, wearing what? a mirrored bald helmet? Was it was the dog checking its watch? <laughs> <laughs> I heard it was very uh, rough. Oh my goodness! What the hell is wrong with us? Uh, yeah, you know, uh, yeah. I'm glad you put it that way, Reavers. On this side of the glass, we're fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this has a hearing sentencing. Got a hearing. lot of questions. That's March a bad 29th. deal for the mailman. It really know? is. Well, actually, worse what for the about dog. The dog. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the dog didn't sign up for that either, <laughs> did he? Man's best friend yeah. thing is a bunch of BS. Yeah. I'm supposed to be chasing you, but I didn't know this would happen when I caught you. <laughs> Why would a dog be wearing a watch? <laughs> oh, my goodness. White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders facing questions again today for the second day in a row about what President... What kind of dog, I wonder? <laughs> I'm not sure. I mean, I think that... No, seriously, that's... No, I, I think Reporting you're right. isn't what it used to be. That's a crucial fact. Second day in a row about President... You want to head over there and find no, out? No, it could I be mean, a real gong show. I mean, what if it was a little corgi or something? Some little poor little animal. It's all bad. A yeah. one-hander. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! I gotta go home. Well, what did you expect oh. was gonna happen when you brought this up? Why the hell did you do the story? Yeah. Well, it was pertinent to the <laughs> to the post office. Oh. To the post office. Yeah. There you go. Thank oh you. Oh my God. Anyway, uh, twenty more where that. <laughs> yeah, but there, is. there is all day long. White House press secretary. Uh, one hander. <laughs> You're not here for the mail, are you? <laughs> right. <laughs> White House press secretary Sarah Sanders facing questions. The dog, the dog going to the post office. Okay, the dog's putting the, uh, the the stamp on it, sending him. So hopefully he'll come by again tomorrow. <laughs> well, I hope Jim comes by with my parcel. <laughs> You're uh, not here for the mail. Uh, no. Uh, Sarah Sanders facing questions again today. Sick about President Trump's mental fitness to serve as president. I have a question about that, John. Yes. Did you read that a uh, it was either a Harvard or a Yale psychiatrist weighed in? I did see that. Yeah. Isn't that doesn't that violate the sacred oath or what? Don't you take an oath as a doctor or a shrink that you don't you don't offer a prognosis for somebody you haven't examined? Um, good question. But he was invited, apparently, by con- members of Congress. No, it's a she. A she, I'm sorry, yes. Yeah, but she and... didn't examine Trump. No, uh, she gave her opinion yeah. just from his actions or whatever. Mm. That, I thought they not... were not allowed to do that. That I don't know. I don't know at all. But anyway, Sanders saying it's disgraceful and laughable. If it, he was unfit, he wouldn't be sitting here, wouldn't have defeated the most qualified group of candidates the Republican Party has ever seen. The questions came in the wake of that uh, picture painted of the president in Michael Wolff's book, Fire and Fury, inside the Trump White House. Sanders said the book is complete fantasy and characterized it as sad and pathetic. If if the material about Trump's diet is true, he really never has learned how to enjoy his money when it comes to dining. He just eats junk. Well, it, he eats junk. I also that, heard... Just got America. all the money in the world. He got a chef. But well, I also heard an account where he is paranoid of being poisoned... He has a serious paranoia about oh, yeah. that. So going to McDonald's, it's all perf- or, uh, it's all made already. But they have a there's a guy though in the White House. There's a taste tester. You know that? I did not know. There's that. a guy. Wait a minute. Who's, wait a minute. He's got to eat the stuff first. Li- seriously, there's yeah. a guy yeah, when you job, retire. When you retire, yeah. and I'm fired immediately, like 30 seconds You'd after that, that job. I'm going to the there's White a House. A guy who travels <laughs> everywhere with every president, and his job is to eat the food. I did sample not the know food that. before. Wow. Yeah, but you know what that means, Rook. If it's poison, you're a goner. I'd be like, well, you sound oh, really bad. I mean, like tenderloin. Yeah. Oh, don't eat this. But there's got to be some pride in it, too, I would think. Yeah. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cheated death again. Here we exactly. go. Exactly. <laughs>
It is so cold in Florida. How cold is it, John? Iguanas are falling from their perches in trees. Wow. Temperatures dip below 40 degrees Fahrenheit early today. That's a good one. That immobilizes the green iguanas that are common in the region. What town, John? Uh, this uh, was in, uh, let's see, uh, South Florida. It doesn't have a town. Really? Just South Florida. That's not a good uh, sign. So they th- basically they freeze and they can't move. They're immobilized. They right. fall out of the tree on the ground. They're still immobilized. Huh. But uh, if they stay in the sun, yeah. they will thaw out. Sure, uh, That's a problem for some well-meaning residents uh, because if you pick up the stiffened iguana and then it thaws out. And you're a could, postal worker. It, <laughs> it, it, it's your happy day. Right. It could, uh, Two it, for one. It could bite you. The that's what Ted Williams you, uh, wished for, isn't it? What's huh? that? To be frozen and then yeah, thaw. Yeah, chirogenics. Yeah. But his head, remember his head. Yeah, they're going to attach it to something else. Yeah. It fell yeah, off. I would, and, I'd leave it live. How would you pick up a frozen iguana? No, don't risk it. Those things are scary looking, man. John? Yes. Uh, Already? Are we done? Yeah. yeah. For now. For now. <laughs> I usually get to start this segment with a local story, but I, I do have a local story today. A driver with their eyes reportedly cast on a rainbow was injured yesterday when their vehicle rear-ended the back of a 40,000-pound milk truck in Belle Plaine. State Patrol spokesperson Lieutenant Tiffany Nelson said the incident occurred at around 4.31 in the afternoon on Highway 169 in Blakely Trail. The driver admitted to looking at a rainbow at the time of the crash. She was taken to the hospital in Arlington with what were termed as non-life-threatening injuries. The driver of the milk truck was not injured. Do we know what... uh... What type of milk was being hauled in the milk truck? Was it skim milk, Rook? What do you think? Cho- uh, I think it might have been. Well, it's, if it was whole milk, it would have been a lot thicker. There's no rainbows in the winter. But more importantly, that's, that's what we want to know part. about sun what dogs. kind of rainbow it was. Double rainbow. Oh, my God. The sun dog rainbows, Kenny. The, yeah, it's one of those winter four. deals. Exactly. Right. Yep. Whoa, that's a full rainbow. All the way. Double rainbow. Oh, my God. Has wow. Jeff Sessions outlawed double rainbows yet? <laughs> Pretty bitter about this, aren't you, Kenny? Felipe Rodriguez. Don't bait me, John. I'm sorry. <laughs> Felipe Rodriguez. Uh, this brings up a subject a couple years ago we uh, we talked about a lot. Felipe Rodriguez says he thought he was hallucinating when an eagle <clears throat> snatched his, little, or his sister's little white dog from her yard, <laughs> flapped its massive wings, and disappeared over the trees. There you are, a nest full of collars. <laughs> See? <laughs> it's a true story. Zoe is an eight-pound Bichon taken by the raptor Tuesday afternoon, not 50 feet from his sister's house on the banks of the Lehigh River. And delivered it to the postman. I think in Pennsylvania. <laughs> he just perched all like this. <laughs> he dropped, the eagle dropped it, though. Oh, right? he got yeah. my order. <laughs> Rodriguez uh, said it was something like uh, something from the Wizard of Oz. I'm a city boy. I don't ever see this kind of thing happening. Lori Goodrich, biologist at nearby Hawk Mountain Sanctuary, said it has been documented before, but not very often. Says right now there's uh, scarce food and waterways are freezing up and raptors are looking for more food. Rodriguez said he was by himself at his sister's house about 80 miles north of Philadelphia, and Zoe was in a fenced yard when he heard a loud screech, hurried to the door, and looked out. (laughs) See you later. (laughs) Rodriguez said the bird was holding on to the dog, and then it was gone. Oh, man. (laughs) He drove around the neighborhood looking for the Bichon. Of course, the guy thinks of the Wizard of Oz, which is the witch holding a monkey. A flying monkey. Uh, his sister and family were devastated when they found out. This will have a happy ending, though. Hang on. 
Uh, apparently, it's not unusual to see eagles, she you says. still doing the mailman story? No, no, this is a different one now. Uh, she and her husband uh, scoured the woods looking for Zoe's body. Zoe was rescued by 51-year-old Christina Hartman, who said she was driving on the snow-covered back road, spotted a furry white lump ahead, and pulled out to investigate. It was the dog, she said, frozen with icicles hanging and shivering. Oh, wow. <laughs> going, what the hell just happened? <laughs> she scooped up the whimpering pooch, wrapped her in a blanket, took her home, feeding the dog. <laughs> There's a postman right. joke coming. You know, the guy was just delivering the mail, and I didn't know what the hell happened. Uh, Joe, yes. the dog, had yeah. no collar on when she found mm. it. So the eagle took well, the collar. in the nest. Oh, it's in the nest, nest full of collars. With all the other collars. They're pretty yeah, lucky right. because the first thing the, uh, those birds do is eat the head off. Yeah. And I, I'm right not away. kidding you really? at all. That's yeah. the very first thing they do is take the head off. I wonder why the dog was uh, free, John. Probably uh, must wouldn't have shut up. Probably dropped it, huh? I would think. Yeah. I they had can a few... hold big animals. Yeah. And they're strong. few missing patches of fur uh, on Zoe and some bruises. Not clear how far the eagle might have carried the dog. Uh, but the dog will be fine, although the owner says uh, Zoe doesn't want to go out in the yard anymore. <laughs> how, how is the uh, how is the dog reunited with the owner? The uh, Facebook. I'm sorry, I, I, I left that part out. The woman who found it uh, started looking on Facebook immediately. Saw that the Such, dog. Uh, at one point, I was walking a trap line in my snowshoes with snow up to my uh, shoulders, and a, a hawk flew over with a muskrat in its mouth. Oh yeah! I yelled at it. It frightened the hawk, dropped the muskrat. That muskrat did not have a head on it. Really? Ooh, yeah. Wow. It was really cool. It was It was fun. Yeah. Oh, what did you do it. with the trap line? Uh, I, well. <laughs> He's going to punch him. I don't know what a trap line is. Kenny's going to jump over there and strangle you, Rook. You if, you, if you go to YouTube, you can see these uh, videos of these big raptors in the mountains picking up, like, goats. They yeah. can pick up a deer. What? I mean, it's, yeah. cra- it's crazy. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty awesome. Uh, I got a story here. I wish Patrick was here for this one because Teresa Raleigh's been at a Michigan retirement community for the past 15 years and celebrated her 104th birthday on Monday. You know what uh, she says one of the keys is to her long life? Diet Coke. Diet Coke. That's correct. Really? She says, I drink it because I like it. She said she was going shopping, in fact, yesterday because she needed more Diet Coke. She said, I have a bag full of empty Diet Coke cans and I need to return to get more. She said she drinks at least one can of Diet Coke each day, and she well, thinks... that's nothing. Pat what? drinks about 10. Was the old gal actually driving herself? Well, that's my concern. She said she was going to the store. Who knows? Who's taking Oh, her? do I enjoy it? Oh, sure. I stretch my legs, my hands, yeah. <laughs> my toes. <laughs> Rowley said, uh, I'm surprised I'm 104. Uh, it doesn't seem like I should be that old. I figured when I turned 101, I'd pass away at any time. But I still have it. So did we, Grandma. <laughs> Challenge to state fairs all around the country. <laughs> a half ton of butter has been transformed into a sculpture celebrating Pennsylvania's dairy industry, <laughs> heralding the start of the state's 102nd farm show. Ag Secretary Russell Redding said the sculpture unveiled highlights the careers and roles the dairy industry plays in the state. Sculpture features renderings of a cow and a farmer, an agronomist, a milk processor, and a shopper with a basket full of products. The butter came from waste scrap butter unsuitable for human consumption. After the show, the sculpture will be taken to a farm and turned into energy in a methane digesture. No butter is suitable for human consumption. You don't eat You're butter at all. Just dreadful. Get the butter. Dreadful. He called me. Remember that one Sunday you Low called me? You were having pot roast yeah. and no mashed butter. potatoes. Yeah. And he made it a point to say no gravy. And no butter. Right. 
You are the whitest up. cracker I have you? ever met in my life. My <laughs> what God. is wrong with you? Who comes Seriously. up with butter structures? What is? Who gets that idea? That happens at fairs. That happens yeah. here, too, yeah. state fair. Yeah. Joe, do you, do you eat toast ever? Sure, with uh, jelly. With jelly, but not with butter. I no, like no butter. You're missing out. No butter. Interesting. You are a strange man. <laughs> Danish people. I don't like the concept. The concept. Uh, it's natural. There's no concept. Oh, yeah, it's greasy. Farmers eat it, and they live to be 95. Oh, that's because they eat bacon. <laughs> Which has no grease or any <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's not a bacon problem at all. Right, right. Uh, in Bangkok, Thailand, a clinic there has drawn 100 men a month to its uh, hmm, swimsuit area whitening service, if you know what I'm saying. Hmm? The, the Lelux Hospital. Like a crest Wait, white what? strip or something? Where do you put that? Lelux, Hos- Lelux Hospital, renowned for its body whitening expertise in a country obsessed with skin color, began offering the unconventional treatment six months ago after a male customer complained of dark parts on his groin. These hmm. days, a lot of people are asking about it, according to... to set the clocks back. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no! I told you. Lisa? The uh, manager, Buntita Watanosiri, said they get about 100 clients a month who come and ask the procedure. Uh, it uses a laser, laser whitening. Nope. Got wide play on Thai television and social media. And the purpose of this is what, John? Uh, to lighten, uh, lighten the They do a lot of bleaching. Area? They do a lot yes. of bleaching uh, there. Exactly. Oh, that's, okay. There's a culture exactly. there. Right. It's a lot of, lot of bleaching. They want to yep. look just like you, Joe. I don't so, know anything about that. Puntita yeah, says, whole thing. said we have to be very careful because it's a very sensitive part of the body. I would say so. She yeah. said they use a very small laser. That's enough. Yeah. Well, John, is that I don't know what to make of, of that. That's, uh, okay. that's uh, Thailand is where that uh, the, uh, the, hairy gal. the gal was yeah. that now right. has discovered a oh, hairy shaver. So. Right. The Thai model. Myron Metcalf is filling in for Patrick on the ride. We've already met Caleb Truax, at least uh, we did by audio version. What else do you have coming up? Uh, I'm some more Vikings, of course. We're going to talk some of that T-Wolves about what happened last night. I think that was a disappointing loss for them. Little Gophers basketball, they struggled a bit, got the win against a bad Illinois team. And, yeah, we'll go from there. The uh, Gophers, when I uh, glanced at it, uh, we're up by five. Yep. And Illinois looked terribly serious about staying in it. Yeah. And then I didn't see the end. So they the pulled Gopher, away. The Gophers must have got terribly serious about pulling away. They, they pulled away, but I mean, Illinois started one for 19. Really? And, and I felt like that was kind of the game where you can win by 20. And mm-hmm. they were struggling a bit. So hmm. Minnesota has some depth uh, issues right All now. Right. So. Uh, and uh, Timberwolves are in Boston. We don't know if that game will be played tomorrow night. Sounds like that snowstorm could cancel a lot of things. If they uh, hadn't gotten to Boston, yeah. we would have heard that. Well, all I know is if the crew is there and the teams are there, they'll play. You know, I mean, I've been to a game that was like that in the snowstorm. 1500 ESPN is KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis. It's one.